Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Well, good morning. I'm back again. Did the pre-service show with Madeline, and so I'm just going to sit uh, beside Pastor Carl as he shares the word today. Just, you know, bug him a little bit, interject here once in a while. And so I love that last song that we sang, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. Amen? That's, to me, that was like a prophetic declaration. You know, I really felt the mustard on that song. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for good. Because he's a good, good God. Amen? Amen? He says he's the father of lights and he's a giver of good gifts and there is no shadow of turning with him. Which means he will never change his mind about being a good and gracious God. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> All right, we've only got nine screens up on the thing, so we're just going to keep praying until we get 20, and then yeah, we'll start I to preach. The Are you ready? Team Duver Father, and we Judy just pray right now. We pray for Madeline. an increase to come right now. Let's pray for an increase. It's just uh, 20 more screens, or I'll start playing my saxophone. <laughs> Do we have anybody coming in there, Kelly? Is anybody coming in? Just call them in. Come on, you folks on the screen, let's pray. On Zoom, go to Zoom, go to the Zoom go to link. the All Access button. Go to the All Access button. Mm-hmm. What you doing, PK? Good morning, everybody. Good Bless morning. you guys. Man, really good to see you. Uh, worship just, team uh, just rocked today. Worship team was awesome. They're always great. Is my mic louder than yours? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm just mumbling. I just hate it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, bless you guys. So good to be here. Here we are, 2021. In Jesus' name, we command these numbers to drop. We command Amen. COVID to go away because uh, we want to do full buildings, full ridiculous, full-on worship. We want to see these ridiculous things done and away with so we can just accelerate in all that God has for us. What's neat is we're seeing growth. We're seeing new people connect with us all the time. Uh, we're seeing people saved, seeing people discipled, all of this in the middle of the pandemic. But uh, devil bad, God good. And Amen. this is bad. It's the devil. We curse it in Jesus' name. And we just command breakthrough right now in yeah. Jesus' name. Bless everybody, Lord. Anyone who's adversely affected by this yeah. pandemic, Lord, we just reverse the curse in every way. We command each and every one completely and totally blessed. We thank you, Father, for the way you have prospered us. Thank you that people are still working. They're still being blessed. I mean, Werner told me so far he's having his best year ever. I actually had uh, Jeremy told us uh, yesterday at the men's uh, breakfast group, he said he had just had the best five days of business ever. So, I mean, there's God's doing really good things. Blessing of the Lord makes blessing toiling, of the Lord makes truly, truly rich, rich and, and toiling doesn't that, increase yeah. it. You know, <laughs> you don't toil to make it happen because the blessing is Amen. the blessing and you're blessed. So, so praise God for all that, but keep on just commanding this thing to go. Yeah. Command it to go. Insist on it. Insist the numbers go. They come down. We want to see every business blessed, opened up. We want to see prosperity in our city, yeah. in our province, in our nation. We command it blessed in Jesus. Can I get an amen on the screen from everybody up there? Amen. A little wave, a little hallelujah. Amen. A little oh got my a couple gosh, Judy's up. got a sign Judy, up. Judy, Judy Bezos has got a sign up. She's, she's giving us, she's doing sign language. That's oh, fantastic. that's fantastic. Judy's got a sunburnt nose all the way down there in Florida. Wow. wow. That's really great. Oh, I got people to interact with. Isn't that great, honey? Isn't that great? Man, I tell you, I love it. Well, you really don't need me here. So I, can I need you here because you're you're preaching half the sermon. I'm not preaching half it's the fitty, service. Fitty, fitty. All right. No, it's not fitty, fitty. All right. So we've been doing a, 
a series called Pivot. Yeah. And Pivot's been one, was one of the top five words in 2020. Yeah, that's pretty... I didn't we're, know we're that. We're right in the spirit, aren't well, we? Well, I don't know. We, I didn't know that when we decided. I think it was Kelly brought up the word. I'm not sure if she knew yeah. it was one of the top five, but then we found it. But, you know, in 2020, it seemed like it was pivot, pivot again, pivot, pivot, pivot. seemed like the goalposts kept moving. We kept pivoting. Yeah. But, you know, we're pivoting. We're pivoting. And pivot is a fixed point supporting something which turns or balances the unchangeable in relationship to the changeable. So we talked about how God is God. He doesn't change. Jesus yeah. said, I'm the same yesterday, yesterday today, and forever. Forever. So God doesn't change, and yet he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? So the unchangeable God, his nature, his character, his value, his promises, they don't change. They're always the same. But God does new things in new generations, new ways. God God understands what's going on today. You know, he yeah. understands it all, and he knows what's happening. He knows the beginning from the end, and it says that we don't follow the word of God. It says we follow every word that proceeds out the of the word mouth of God. Of God. So the living it's the living word. It's the speaking God. It's, it's him. And, and that was connected to manna. There's a fresh revelation every day. Heaven is speaking with volume, with intensity every day. It's not a matter of can you hear. You know, hear, It's not a hearing factor. Focus on this. God is speaking. Amen. And you know, he will speak to you. He will guide you. He will direct you. And God's speaking right now. And we're pivoting. He's speaking to us as a, a congregation and we're pivoting right now. And uh, Evan Christensen, I'm quoting Evan Christensen. Yeah. You know, we had a, a meeting with our national uh, board, board of, directors. of directors. We're doing a new thing. And uh, as a church, some of our board, they just said, hey, help us, because these figures seem pretty big to us. And so we spent some time, shared a vision, shared a dream with them. And at the end, Evan, I love Evan. He's a banker. That's what he does. He works with the bank. He works with risk. He works with things. He determines whether that's a good, that's what he does for a living. He, he tries to figure out, is this a viable thing? And I love it, because he said, put his hand up. He said, I said, another question, Evan? He said, no, I got a comment. He said, you're making a capital investment so that you can increase your market share. I said, yes, we are. I said, we are, we are taking some capital. I love that God can use the language. Whatever, that God speaks your language. That's right. So I that's love, his language. Yeah. His language was banking. And so he saw our vision as we are taking a capital that we have now, we're investing it so that we can get a broader market share. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, that's exactly that's right. Because we're going to see a ridiculous breakthrough. We're going to see revival, an outbreak, a harvest, and we're moving down the road. I'm going to have more information. Come next week. Next week, it's going to be a lot of details about what God's doing with us. And I tell you, next week, we're going to talk about crossing over, where we're going to see cities and villages and counties totally seeing immediately a manifestation of Jesus and being healed. So uh, that's, uh, that's for next week. But I wanted to share that with you. And so a lot of good things going on. Pray for us this week because we are negotiating some contracts and uh, so keep us in your prayers. John 1 16 and 17 from the abundance I'm just reading sorry from yeah. his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another grace for grace this is the new living translation but the the new King James version it says grace for grace grace what do you get for grace more grace Amen. what do you get for grace you get grace again what do you get after the grace though you get, you get grace. grace you get grace again we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's, God's unfailing love and, and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And rules and regulations came through Moses, they did. but God's heart has always been his God's unfailing love always, and his graciousness. Come on, that's right. Because you know, there's so no good. law against love. No. You know why there's no law against love? Because there's no law against love. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, when you love, you're not going to offend no, people, break no. people, sin against people. Yeah. You know, when you love people, you know, when you love children, you're going to slow down in a school zone. Yeah. When you love your neighbor, you're, you're not going to throw junk over the fence. I mean, there's no law against love because love works. It does. All love the time. Works all the time. All the time. For the law was given through Moses. And I love this. It's, it says grace and truth in a lot of translations came through Jesus. But the truth part is, is really it's grace truthfully. It's grace, grace absolutely. Because some people go, yes, there is grace, but there's truth, Pastor. And they, they use that verse to say, you have to keep those in tension. You got to balance out the grace with the truth. Actually, I like this translation better because it says God's unfailing love and his faithfulness to continue with that unfailing love. God's unfailing love, God's grace, truthfully, honestly, authentically, and in every way came through Jesus Christ. And his faithfulness to unfailing love. His God faithfulness. has faithfulness He's faithful to that unfailing love. love. So some I people think, well, God's, faith, God's grace, but he's also truth, Pastor. There's sometimes he's got to bring that truth. But I mean, God is faithful to his faithful unfailing love. He's faithful to bring his love. unfailing love. Oh my I'll gosh, just get your head around that. Get your God head around is faithful that. Come on. to his unfailing love. Boom. That's uh, so great. It is, I like it. Yeah. In the Amplified, it says, for out of the fullness, the superabundance. I like that, don't you? Superabundance. Super superabundance. I love big, massive... Superlatives. Uh, superlatives that are like just out, out of the box, you know. The, the superabundance. And it, they, you're trying, the writers are trying to grasp what, what the Greek said because the Greek didn't say grace. It was grace upon grace. grace. It was grace Super for grace. grace. It, was, it was like if you're standing in the ocean and here comes a wave, oh, that was nice. But you know what? There's another wave and there's another wave and there's another wave. And I've been in the ocean in Barbados and if you turn around and you turn your back on the waves, sometimes a big one comes and just smacks you. But you know what? There is a never-ending, ceaseless supply of God's grace, grace and unfailing love that is moving hard towards you every moment of every day. And it might even knock you over once Knock you right out of your <laughs> shoes. I'm telling you. The yeah. superabundance of his grace and truth we have all received. Say all. 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 We have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing, blessing upon spiritual blessing, blessing favor, favor upon favor, favor and heaped, gift heaped upon gift. Whoa. That is so uh, What's good. this got to do with pivot? Well, we talked about the foundations, it's celebrating those foundations. We talked about vision and, and knowing where we're going and writing it down and what story are you writing right now. Then we talked about faith because it's faith. It's the just shall live by faith. We need faith for the vision. So that's really, really important. But, you know, the vision is all wrapped up in grace. Amen. It's all wrapped up in grace. All so of we our need values to, are wrapped up in Everything's wrapped up in Every, grace. It's foundational. Everything. It's, it's a... It's a characteristic of it who we is. are. It is. It's a part of our yeah. DNA. And it's it needs written. to be unchanging, unchanging. like God's grace is grace. unchanging. Every single impact person is just grace. Amen. It's grace, grace upon for grace. grace. Grace for everyone else. Grace. 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 We are baptizing grace. Wave after wave. Matthew chapter 12, 28 and 30. I love this in the message. It says, are you tired? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? religion? Come to me. Uh, come. Like it doesn't say do. It doesn't say jump through 20 oh, hoops. Yeah. It says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Oh my gosh. I love ha. that translation. 
Ha! I could get messy talking ha! about that. <laughs> it's good. Isn't it? Learn the unforced Forced rhythms, rhythms of, of grace. grace. Come. Bam. I tell you, you're frustrated, you're annoyed, you're freaked out with all the stuff going on around you. You're out of the zone. And I you, love this you know? line. I won't lay anything heavy fit or ill-fitting no, on you. No, if you're feeling if, heavy. Yeah, if you're, if you're feeling chafing, something doesn't work yeah, and, and is grating oh, and grinding yeah. against you and doesn't fit, then it's not God. Yeah, because when you're yoked with Jesus, he's talking about being yoked. Yeah. He's, he's like the it fits well. It does, you don't chafe against it. It doesn't cause bruising or you don't after a hard day of plowing go, oh, that was rough. I got some blisters. So when if you're anyone's Jesus, putting anything heavy on you or ill-fitting, that's not the grace Eddie, of God. It, Just cast that off. If you're even getting heavy by anything, anything causing heaviness on you, get in the rest of Jesus. He'll teach you how to take a real Amen. rest. Amen. Listen, you ready? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Somebody forcing something on you? That's not God. It's the unforced rhythms. Acts 20, 24. Here's Paul. Paul says, the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus is this, to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, I want to teach my gospel. You are saved by my gospel. He yeah. literally was saying, if you, God gave if me a someone gospel. Out, if, you, yeah. if anyone gives you any other gospel. It's not of God. Yeah. It's a false teaching. Yeah. Paul so said, my gospel. if someone's preaching to you anything but grace, it's not the gospel it is. of Jesus Paul Christ. Said, my gospel is a gospel of grace. That's what he gave me. And he said, my gospel is how you get saved. Yeah. You literally imagine me saying, it's Pastor Carl here. It's my teaching that will save you. Paul said, I got a, a ministry from God to testify of his grace. And my gospel saves you. He says, you grew according to my gospel. You grew according to the, the system of theology that I gave you. He said, you're grounded in that. Pretty bold, huh? Pretty yeah. bold. But yeah. Paul had revelation, face-to-face -face revelation from Jesus. And he was sent to teach this gospel. Gospel. Paul used grace more than any other writer in the Bible, used it 144 times. Ephesians 2, wow. 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You're not saved because of anything you did. You didn't even know you were lost. You were so lost, you didn't even know you were lost. You were so low, you looked up and you saw low. I mean, it was, it was so bad. But you know what? God's the one who found you. He's the one who blessed you. Yeah. He's the one who flooded you with revelation. He's the one who came to you and said, I love you. And he said, I'm going to give you saving faith. I'm going to give you the faith. I'm going to pour grace on you that's going to cause you to change your mind and align yourself with my kingdom and my love for you. Amen. And it's, it's all about that. You know, I, I heard a preacher once, he was telling me, you know, let me define grace for you. Let me define it for you. Grace, you're in a you're in a boat and you're going down to destruction. And you, you, the boat is going down the river and you're caught in the current of sin. You're caught in a current of unbelief. You're caught in the current of this world. But God, he gives you oars and those oars are grace. And he gives you grace. And he gives you grace in the midst of that trial so you can turn your boat around. You turn it around and then you row. And then you row. And then you row. And and you row and you use the grace and you row and you row against that current and you row and you row. I was like, my God, that doesn't sound like God working. Doesn't even sound like grace working. It sounds oh like gosh. me working. I working, I working. I work it really hard. I just lost three pounds right there. It was rough stuff, you know. I think grace, that's not grace. Grace is God comes, zaps the current, turns it around, and suddenly you get caught up in a current that rushes you towards his blessing and his purpose, and you can't even resist it. You're just in a full grace upon grace. Just mm -hmm. the volume of his love is overtaking you, and it's thrusting you towards his goodness, towards his purpose. So, man, grace is amazing. Walk it's super balanced. Walk, Walk with me. Work with me. Learn the unforced, unforced rhythms. Unforced That's rhythms all we have to grace. learn. This is staying grace. Boom. <laughs>
<laughs> to the praise of his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We've been made accepted in the beloved by grace. It's all done. Redemption through his own blood. Romans 5, 1 and 2, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by this faith into this grace. grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The message it says it I this way. This. We find ourselves standing where we always hope we might stand. Isn't out that in great? the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. Standing tall and shouting our praise. Innately in, Innately. in everybody's heart, yeah. in everybody's soul, and everybody's spirit to is to be in a place of wide open spaces where they're free and, and liberated. I'm finally here where I always wanted to be. Yeah, isn't it good? And so who did good. that? Who did that? God did that. He did that. It's his grace did Wide that. Wide open space. And you know, the beautiful demonstration of his grace, all you have to do is say like, Standing feel, tall and shouting I praise. feel inside of me that that's where I've always wanted to be. I have an invitation by God that he will place me because of his affection and his love. He will accept me, he will approve of me, and he will place me in his grace and in his glory. There's wow. something about that whole idea of wide open spaces. We wide go to open. Barbados on vacation. We go to the northeast part of the island. You stand on the edge and the precipice of the of the cliffs there, yeah. and you feel this titanic moment where you just stretch out your arms and go, "Oh yeah. my gosh!" It's you know, beautiful. I can feel the breeze and the, and the waves, waves are coming. And the they're mist. hitting the cliffs, and the mists oh. of the waves come, and wave after wave come. And you just it's wide just like, open arms, no one's touching like you, it. and you're almost alone. But you know, you're not alone in the oh, earth universe, great. and you're just. It feels so free. I'm, I'm there standing and I have a, the God is preaching a divine sermon to me. I love you. Yeah. And you're experiencing the, the depth of my God's peace. wonder. Oh my gosh. My and unfailing love. where I always love. wanted to be. I mean. It's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, grace is, a, is not a, it's not a part of what we believe around here. Grace is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I believe Jesus. in Jesus. Jesus came. Jesus is the gracious act of God on our behalf. Behalf. Our be heart, our be half, our be half. Romans five seventeen. For if by one man and his offense death reigned through one man, has anybody How much seen? More? Look around. I mean, look around. Yeah. Do you see a lot of mess around yeah. here? Do you know? Did you know that Adam gave permission for this mess to take place? Yeah. One man granted permission for this mess to invade the whole universe. All the mess we see, it's all happening because of one man. One man's offense, death reigned. And death is reigning. We're seeing it reign. One man did that. One man. So yeah. in Romans, Paul wants to group everything in one man. He wants to put us all he in one place. He made us all guilty so he could free Every us all. Single, so that much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in the sweet by and by. Will reign when we get to heaven. No, he says, if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life mm-hmm. through one Christ Jesus. Yeah. So one made everybody a sinner. Another one made everybody righteous. That's, that's what the Bible says. One, through one man came sin. Through one man came righteousness. All became sinners and all became righteous. I know that sounds incredibly extreme, but that's actually what the Bible says. Everyone was forgiven. The Bible says there is forgiveness for everyone. You know, you have to receive it. You know, you, you could die of thirst standing beside a fountain. You could stand beside a fountain and you could die of thirst. How do you die of thirst standing beside a fountain? You don't take a drink. 
But you know what? There's a fountain of his salvation. There's a fountain of redemption. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. And we've got some singing on the screen there. We got any singing on the Preach it, Pastor. Man, I tell you, we got, I got sign language from the smelters. They're throwing sign language at us. Look at that. That's awesome. Gotta love that. So we will reign in life. We will reign in life through one Christ Jesus. Romans 5.20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. So the offense had already happened, but the law entered to just blow the offense up. I'm going to give you the law, and I'm going to show you how it really should be. There was really no sin be. without the law. There's no sin without the law. But, but the, the law, law came in sin. to make the offense abound, and to make sin just so obvious. obvious. But where sin abounded, where there's lots and lots of sin, where sin was like so obvious and so blatant, grace abounded much more. Grace abounded much more. Pastor, we got to be careful with the grace message. You know, that's why I like grace and truth, because people need truth. If you don't tell them the truth and it's just grace might get sloppy, people might feel like they have permission to sin. I don't know about you, but I've never had to give somebody permission to sin. I mean, they're not like, Pastor, Pastor, if you don't mind, I'm going to sin a little bit today. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You know, because I, I tell somebody God is good, they go, oh, thank you. I can go be evil now. That's just nonsense. People don't need permission to sin. There's people doing crazy things every day. And nobody said, hey, you got permission to be goofy. You know, no. You know, grace is powerful. Grace equips us. Amen. 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 It's the word. It's, it's hooper paraseo. And it's the word hyper. Hyper is the first word. Compound word. Two words. Hyper, where we get the word in English, Hyper. Hyper, because there's some people go, I read a book about hyper grace. I did too. There's actually a couple of them. And one actually preaches that God's grace, biblical grace, is hyper grace. Then you have other people saying, got to be careful of the hyper grace message. It's like, you got to be careful of what the Bible says. The Bible it's says like, hyper grace, but be careful. I mean, that's just wacky. That's like saying, I'm really opposed to God saving people. Do you know some people think I'm really God opposed saves to them. the faithfulness of God to his gracious nature? <laughs> yes. It's just so odd. It's so I mean, this is, God said this. I didn't say this. He said, where sin abounds, grace hyperabounds. Yeah. It hyper per se, it hyperabounds. That's where we get the English word hyper, and it's where we get the English word abound. Biblical grace is hyperabounding grace. Galatians 2:21, I do not set aside the grace of God. I don't set it aside for if righteousness can come through the law, then Christ, Christ died, died in vain. vain. He died in vain. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, you're under grace. Amen. See, if you're serious about, if you're a serious law keeper and you want all those things, if you're serious about righteousness, we're serious about morality. I don't mind morality. I hate moralism because moralism, you see, the, the whole story starts with a tree in the garden, two trees, and it all ends with a tree. You're supposed to eat of the tree of life, and then in the end, the revelation, come and eat of the tree of life. It starts with the tree of life, ends with the tree of life. The problem is in the middle, somebody ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Knowledge of good and evil, and moralism entered the world. And sadly, moralism is still the primary message of a lot of churches, yeah. a lot of religion. They're preaching how to be moral. If you're serious about moral, if you're serious about behavior, the only way to get righteous behavior, it's the gift of God. It's the grace of God. It's his mercy being poured out in your life. And the only way to actually achieve it and sustain it is the grace of God. It's not God saved us, but now we got to keep ourselves saved. Now, God saved you, but he 
continues in that process. It's not like your salvation is vulnerable. It's powerful. You're not under the law. You're not under that anymore. You're under grace. You are totally set free. To God, it is to an insult. To think that uh, what he started, I can finish. Thanks for what you did. Now look, yeah, I'll, I'll, pro- take over I'll now. prove that you choosing me was a <laughs> like, good idea. I, yeah, I'll, I'll take over I'll take now, over. God. Yeah. Gotcha. Thanks, you thanks know, the first guy. part was hard. Thanks for the first step. Thanks for the heavy lifting, but I'll do the rest. Yeah. And that is just wacky. That's, that's the flesh. It's grace. Some people think flesh is people sinning ridiculously. No, most flesh I see is religious people trying to do what only God can do. And it's just silly, silly <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Grace. Charis. It means goodwill, loving kindness, favor. Grace is the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon our souls, turns them to Christ, keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in the Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and it kindles the virtues. It's grace. It's not by human effort, so nobody can boast. Grace. He turns us. He strengthens us. He increases our faith, knowledge, and affection and virtue. So God, just keep yeah. leaning into the unforced Yeah, if you want to be a moral person, then jump into grace. Yeah. You know, come and learn of him, the unforced rhythms of grace. If Paul you, said yeah. in Titus, it's grace that teaches you to say no to ungodliness. And if you want to be a moral person, then embrace the grace of God in your Boom. life. It is. And, and teach others about the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, if you teach others, you're bad. Did you know you're really bad? You know, you're such a loser, you're a failure. It doesn't cause change in no. people's lives. Sinners already know they're sinners. It's, like, it's not, hey, that's good news. I'm a wretch. Thank you very much. I mean, it's good. Did you know that the book of John and all of John's writings, he never once used the word repent. In all of his writings, the Gospel of John, John 1, 2, 3, Revelation, never used the word repent. And yet, uh, I don't know. So he must have been a grace preacher, John. You know, he just uh, understood that. Because, you know, it's, it's not where that comes. Grace is God's holy love on the move. That's Jade's uh, Jowett. He said, grace is God's holy, holy love, love on, the, on move. the move. Holy love on holy the move. Holy love. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he said, we will always call it. They said, if it's grace, why do you call it free grace? Isn't grace already free? Like, why do you add free to it? He says, we will always call it not only grace, but free grace to make it clear, clear. that God gives his grace <laughs> freely to sinners, the undeserving and the ungodly. He gives it without any condition. If in one place he says that it requires repentance, in another place he promises it. So what Spurgeon is saying, if repentance is required, God then provides it. Yeah. If, if he says repent, he provides the repentance. He also, in the new covenant, God tells you the good news and he says, that's pretty good, eh? Get your head around that. You see, that's what repentance is. Repentance is getting your head around some fresh truth that's really good. Here's some good news. <laughs> Get your head around that. Yeah, come on. A lot of people, here's some good news. Feel sad, feel miserable, fall on the floor, wail and gnash of teeth. That's not repentance. That's just silliness. Repentance is to change your that's mind. works. To align your mind with a new revelation. Here's a new revelation. God's nuts about you. Grace delivers you from bad behavior. Grace frees you from the grips of sin. Grace propels you in the purpose of God in your life. Grace is a manifestation of the unfailing life coming at you over Come and on. over and over again. How's that make you feel? Oh, I feel so sad. I feel so sad about that. I just, I just know that I know that. <laughs> oh, now, get your head around it. Whoa! I mean, it's so good. That's what it's all about. And that's what he's saying. He says, whatever. if there's a demand, if there's a demand, he says, if it demands faith at one moment, he bestows it in yeah. another. So when it, some people take uh, descriptions of the life of Christ and turn it into prescriptions yeah. of the life of Christ. And areas where he's describing what it's like, we think he's prescribing the effort that I have to put in to make it happen. He did all the heavy lifting. We just say, thank, thank you. you. That's it. We receive one blessing after another. Exactly. It just keeps happening. The only new you know? covenant sacrifice is we bring a sacrifice of praise and yeah. thanksgiving. Yeah. 
Thank you, Jesus, for all you did. He bestows it in another. So grace is always God's free gift, and that suits a man who has not a penny in his pocket. That was Mr. Spurgeon. All right, we're going we're gonna to bring Transition. it to a rapid conclusion. Are you ready to come gonna to a rapid conclusion? We're going to find a practical application and demonstration and manifestation yes. of someone who operated in the goodness and grace and yes. mercy of God. We see a picture. We see a picture. We see an illustration yes. in the Bible, and I love this. I, love, I don't know about you, but I love David, because David had a new covenant revelation in an old covenant time. You read about David. It's so good, because David lived. That's why David had a heart after God. You know why? Because he understood repentance in the realm of God's good news leads to and I like the story in in uh, relationship to pivot because David had too. some major pivots. He was major pivots. He was the king of Judah, Boom. anointed, and then anointed Boom. king of Israel. So there yeah. was major pivot things, pivotal things happening in his own personal life at the time. And this was a big pivot for David. Yeah. David now was finally was made king of all of Israel. All of Israel. All of Israel. He was made king of Judah, and he had to wait because the house of Saul opposed him. And then finally, he was made the king of all of Israel. Now, when one king takes over from another kingdom, everybody runs. All the other royal family, they take off because in their culture, you just wiped out the whole line of the other kingdom so there's nobody can pop up and say, I'm the legitimate yeah. king. So you just kill the whole family. And that's, that's the pattern they saw in other nations and other places. So Jonathan, who was... David's friend, great friend, they had a covenant relationship together. Jonathan had a young son named Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth was little when this happened, and his caretaker decided, we better get Mephibosheth out of here. We better hide him, because David surely is going to come and kill everybody. So she decided, let's grab him, run with him. They had a fall. They That's tripped, how prevalent they that mindset was. Bad mindset. Yeah. Bad mindset. I mean, the people of God didn't understand the goodness And the, and the whole idea and the context behind that, too, is that it says that in uh, 1 Samuel, there was a, a long, bitter war a long, between bitter the house war. of David and in the house, in the of, house Saul. of Saul, yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might be anointed and you believe something's supposed to come to you and there's incredible opposition for a long time. You know, David was anointed, but he had to go through some long, bitter struggles to see the full manifestation, but he hung on. Mm -hmm. He hung on. And here's, here's David. He suffered at the hand of Saul and Saul's family, but you know, David had a covenant with John. Yeah. And what I love about Jonathan is that Jonathan was the heir to the throne under Saul. And in Saul's line, he was to be king. But Jonathan heard about a prophecy of a young man. He heard a word. He heard a word from God over a young man that he would be king. And Jonathan, instead of saying, I'm going to be king, he made friends with that guy. He made friends with the anointed one. And he said, I will serve your kingdom. Yeah. I will serve you. And Jonathan and David had a covenant. Mm -hmm. So this young Mephibosheth, he had a fall. He fell and he was lame and they took him away and they hid him. But G David, when he came in as the king, he said, is there anyone who was left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? Say that, that yeah. I may show him kindness. A total kindness. antithesis to the reign of Saul. Totally. Because Saul, you know, didn't like people rising up who were better than him. Uh, he, he was intimidated. He was, he was intimidated, insecure. Jealous, jealous, all those things. Yeah. You know, if somebody else getting blessed, you just got to say next. Next. You don't have to say, because, you know, if they got some, it doesn't mean there's less for you. I mean, God just says, let there be blessing. Yeah. I mean, it's just boom, there it is, you know. So that, wow, if and you did David it for went from a despised person on the outcast. Um, as an outlier, brought in to be the king over all of Israel. That's right. And his attitude was amazing. His attitude was amazing. Even to the household that tried to kill him. That's right. Because he had a covenant. 
for Jonathan's sake. See that? For Jonathan's sake. Then King David sent and brought him. They found where he was. They sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Emil from Lodibar. Now, just a little bit of background. Jonathan, son of Hibbesheth. His name means to exterminate the idol, to shatter the shameful thing. Now, Jonathan named his son shatter the shameful thing. Exterminate the idol. Exterminate anything that causes shame. Exterminate that from the word Merib Baal, which means to contend against Baal, to cast down every other god. That's Mephibosheth's name. That's his destiny. But he fell, and he, they ran, they took him, and they hid him in a place called a uh, house of Makir in Lodibar. Makir means Lodibar. to sell yourself out, to be sold out. They took him to be a place of sold out, and it was in a place of barrenness, a place where there was no pasture, a place where there was no bread. So here was somebody who was supposed to shatter shame and destroy idols. He became somebody in shame, sold out, surrendered to a life of barrenness. Isn't that just what the devil does? That's what the devil does. Takes what God's anointed does. you to do and, and yeah. does the opposite. He just slams you, takes you. He reframes you, repositions you, and puts you in a place of lack. But thank God for David. Yeah. Thank God for David. Just five observations really quick. You ready? Number one, the fall caused crippling. The fall caused crippling. It says, and he fell and he became lame. When Adam fell, all humanity, by one man, all of humanity got messed up. Yeah. All humanity. We've seen death. Everything you see on the news that you don't like, you know, we don't fight against people. We don't fight against flesh and blood. But there's principalities, there's powers, there's structures behind those things that, you know, we don't fight with carnal weapons or attitudes yeah. either. Our weapons are mighty. They're spiritual to the tearing down of not how, people, but strongholds. I love how Milton in Paradise Lost kind of frames that, this whole thing. He says, um, earth felt the wound yeah. and nature from her seat, sighing through all her works, gave signs of woe all was lost. The fall was horrible. Yeah. I mean, all of all creation and the fall, everything shifted. Yeah. Everything changed. Yeah. It's just horrible what happened and with the fall. And even creation today yeah, cries it's still out groaning. for the manifestation cries out, yeah, of the for sons freedom. of God. Cries out mm. for freedom for the sons of God. So when Adam, all humanity fell, it lost any ability to even help itself at all. I mean, it's pretty horrible. Next thing you know, like Horrible. That's awful. What That's do you think where people about, are at. That yeah. People are broken. You see people in there, they annoy you. Don't let them annoy you. Love them. All Those humanity fell and lost its ability to help. Can't people. help Even itself. Even Mephibosheth could not help could himself. Not help he himself. was lame. He was lame. Couldn't help himself. So, But you know what? Here's the beautiful thing. He didn't know. He didn't know, but there was a promise. He didn't know, but there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't know. They don't know that there's already a word. There's already been something performed on your behalf that speaks to your freedom. Yeah, so on. here's a guy in a place of no bread, a place of barrenness. And you might say, I'm locked down. I'm so frustrated. I don't like where I am. You know, don't, don't fall into the no bread, no pasture, no place thing, you know, because you're blessed. Come there's on. a better word over your life. And don't receive that stuff because you're blessed. And there's a better covenant that's going to work for you and it's going to bring you out. So thou shalt not not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. That was Jonathan. Jonathan said that to David. He said, David, we're going to make a covenant with each other. And he says, David, don't ever let your kindness be shut off from my house. And David wow. said, it'll never happen. So the first thing that happened when David came into Israel as the king, the first thing that happened, he said, where's Jonathan's family? Because I have a covenant. I have a responsibility right now to manifest my kindness to his family. This is the grace of God. You see, God cut a covenant with God. God cut a covenant with himself. And God is bound by that covenant to show kindness to you. But I love how the scripture says, you know, is there anyone from the house of Saul that I can show kindness to on Jonathan? Somebody's willing, behalf. anyone from Saul's house. Anyone. Even though they were the guys who chased him, yes. wanted to kill him. Yeah. He still had the attitude that anyone from Saul's house anyone. for Jonathan's sake. Anyone yeah. for Jonathan's sake. I just great? love that. I love 
anyone, to whosoever will, to whosoever will, whosoever will come, come and drink, come and eat, come and dine, whosoever come. He has a covenant fulfilled. Number three, love is expressed. I love David says he sent and he brought him. They found someone. So David sent. He didn't say, well, hopefully he'll call and I'll show him my kindness. No, David said, get him, find Find them, get them. They sought him out. They were seeking those. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I came for sinners. He's a friend of sinners. He's the friend of the broken. He's a friend of the people that I don't even like. Oh God, who are those people? I got to stop not liking people. I got to like everybody because God's love's been shed abroad in my heart. These people are all objects of love and and care and concern. Then David said, find them. So they went down to that miserable low place of no bread and shame. They went to the place of no bread and shame and they brought Mephibosheth out. And it says, John 3, 16, you all know that for God didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. A righteousness from God has been revealed that is by faith from the beginning to the end. It's not by works, it's by faith from the beginning to the end. Next thing is you're qualified by the love of another. How am I qualified? I'm not qualified by my effort or or my ability to hang on. Keep pulling those rows, brother. Keep pulling those. That's a great statement. (laughs) You're qualified because of the love of another. Isn't it though? Yeah. Just just pause and think about that. You're qualified because of the love of another. It's absolutely true. See, I'm not loved by God because I loved him first. I love God because he loved me first. See, the new covenant's a beautiful story. The new covenant is God loves you. Yeah, but I'm unlovable. Yeah, uh, he loves you. So what? But I'm messed up. He loves you. Well, give me a second to change. He loves you. I've had people say, come, accept Jesus, be baptized. Well, I'm going to get my life together first. (laughs) That's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. He loves you right where you are, and he'll always love you. He'll never stop loving you. So qualified by that, he will show the kindness for Jonathan's sake that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as his sons by Jesus Christ himself. We've been qualified to sonship. We've been qualified to be adopted as sons because of what Jesus Christ did. The covenant that God cut with God, that love that was expressed between them for us because of the love that God the Father and God the Son have for each other. They said this love, because of this love, because we cut this covenant with each other, everything necessary for you to come in is finished and you're absolutely accepted you're absolutely worthy you're absolutely welcome into the most beautiful community of all father son and holy Holy spirit Spirit. by faith alone because it's the grace you now stand in it's his goodness last one you ready last one restoration of the purpose restoration for jonathan your father's sake and i will restore to you the land of saul and your grand your grandfather and you shall eat bread at my table continually <laughs> oh my goodness you that all of this is for restoration all of this is so that you get all your stuff back and more and then he says and you know what you're going to be provided for by me. You're going to be wrapped. I'm going to house you. I'm going to give you a place in my kingdom. I'm going to give you space in my realm. And every time and he we restored, eat, like he restored Saul's land to him, gave him it. a whole team of people to farm the land that so that he could, you know, the blessing of the Lord makes truly rich and, and no, he, no toiling, sorrow, no toiling, nothing can increase it. Can I get an amen on the screen amen. over there? Anybody you know, on the screen? That's how, how can I get good a wave? Can I get a hallelujah? Is. Oh, I got an amen. I got Judy's made an amen sign. Oh, we got yeah. another amen sign. We well, look at this. We got 
got amen signs. Oh, man, this is so good. And we got hands <laughs> raised. It's good restoration to restore to you all, all. And look at Ephesians 2.6. I mean, he, we were dead, doomed, and dominated, but he made us alive, raised us up, and he mm-hmm. seated us with him in heavenly places. So that's what it says. It says, you were dead, you were doomed, and you were dominated, but I made you alive, raised you up, and seated you with Christ in heavenly places. Isn't that good? Where are you yeah. seated? Where are you sitting right now? You know, it all begins with a tree, and it all ends with a tree. It's a tree of life. It all ends with a meal. It all ends sitting at a table, feasting with God. It begins with that, and it ends with that. And you know, I love that Jesus, his last supper, it was at a table. The most beautiful instructions he ever gave to disciples, it was over a meal. It was at a table. And I love this whole thing because he was given to eat bread at the table, my table. <laughs> you and your sons will always, always eat at my table. Always Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate, always ate at the king. There always. is a permanent seat. It's a for permanent seat for me. Permanent seat for me at the table. Yeah. So come and put your broken feet under my table. You know what's beautiful about that? When Mephibosheth comes to the table, his brokenness is covered. Yeah. There's no shame. There's no anything. I sit at the table with all of the sons of the king, and I'm there with a continual feast, Mm -hmm. continually just enjoying his blessing. Restored position as a son, restored property, heir of all things, heir of all things, restored power, given the ability to rule and to reign in authority. That's what you get. You might say, I'm broken, though. I'm messed up. I'm hurting. You don't understand. You know, whatever you think it is, you might be full of shame, covered with shame in a bad place where there's no bread, broken and feeling empty. But there's an invitation from the King of Kings. There's an invitation from the King of Glory. You are my son. That's your identity. There's been a deal already made on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that. I don't want you to stay in ignorance, but I want you to embrace right now. Embrace right now that there's a place for you at my table. I have provided it for you. Come. Come and put your brokenness under my table. Let me heal you. Let me restore you. Let me bless you and honor you. And you know, for those of us who've embraced God's sonship and and the grace of God, our posture should be, is there anyone I can show kindness to? Yeah. Always. Our our posture as children who who understand the goodness and the grace of God, our posture should always be, is there anyone that I can show kindness to? It is, just like David did right away, bang. You've come into the kingdom. You've come into the fullness, revelation of his goodness. That should be your very next thing is like, who else can I invite to the table? Who else? Because you know what? The table's really, really big. Mm -hmm. The table, it's whosoever would wants to come and can enjoy the table. Mm -hmm. So invite people to come. You ready? Mm -hmm. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Tell me you couldn't feel mustard on that. Could you feel mustard on that? I'm telling you. We've got hands clapping. I I saw this hymn this week, and I started to sing it in my kitchen, and I could hear my dad singing with me. (laughs) Because, you know, he would sing this song, and he sang it so well, but his love has no limits. No His measure. grace has no measure. His power knows no boundary known unto men. There's nothing or no place. There's no limitation to God where you may think it's too far gone or my situation's hopeless. His power, there's no limit. 
He giveth. Out of his infinite riches, he giveth. And, and he, he giveth give wave after wave, wave after, after wave, wave of his grace. Mm -hmm. We pivot. But one of the things that we do is we're going from grace to grace. We're going from more to more, gooder to gooder. I don't know if that's a word or not. Gooder to gooder, better to better. And we're we going to look you. for people that we we're can show his kindness people. to. As Evan said, we're going to take some capital. We're going to invest it because we want a bigger market share. We want a bigger market share. And next week, I want you to come. I'm going to talk to you about the market share. We're going to share with you some things very practical about us as a people and a vision. But listen, you're watching. Look. You, you wandered in. You might watch this later. You might watch it next week. You might watch it a month from now. But you might be watching right now and you say, well, you know, I feel like I'm in a place of barrenness. I, I feel like I'm, you know, shame is, frames my life more than freedom. But God made a deal with himself that you're qualified to be loved, blessed, and in every way. He accepts you, and he wants you to come and sit at his table. He is inviting you to a continual feast on his goodness. Would you say yes? Would you say yes? Would you say yes to forgiveness, to healing, to freedom? Would you say yes? If you'd say yes, just do this with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I welcome you into my life, and I thank you for forgiving me, for healing me, for setting me free and for giving me a seat at your table. I have been made alive. I have been raised up. Mm -hmm. And I am seated at your table with a continual feast. And I thank you that I'm your child. Thank you that I am saved. I'm born again. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. You need healing or anything at all like that. I tell you, come to the table right now. Just come. And just come and just say thank you. Come and drink. Come and feast on the goodness and on the grace of God. Well, thanks for you folks on the screen there. Love you guys. Really appreciate seeing your faces and you folks doing that. Judy, all the way from Florida. And, and uh, invite a friend next week. I know it might be a little harder to do it on Zoom than just the other ways, but uh, we appreciate it. It means so much to see your faces. It really, really does. So all of you folks out there love you. So excited that you're tracking with us. And we're, we're moved by your faithfulness. But engage with us. Engage the things we're doing. Things coming up with family day and our kids events and different things we're still doing things to make sure that you guys all still feel the community but right after this we're going to open up the zoom, zoom call lobby. so you guys can all talk to each other in the zoom lobby so if you want to join the zoom lobby you can do that right now go to our front page and click on the all access pass and you can join the conversation stay in People, zoom stay in zoom you don't have to leave zoom you can stay in zoom and you can start talking to your friends and saying hi to each other and blessing each other before you go pastor Cheryl's just going to pray for you and bless you and we're going to go well, Father, we just thank you that we are recipients of the unforced rhythms of grace. And we thank you, Father, that uh, we receive grace after grace, gift upon gift, heaped upon gift. And so, Father, we just thank you that we are... Um, that we are the recipients of your goodness, your grace, and your love. I just pray, Father, that that would translate. I just pray that even through the screen, that yeah. people would experience a manifest presence of God as we shared about the goodness of God today, and that they would see themselves as people who are, you know, brought along because of grace, strengthened by grace, and gain virtue and, and everything else because of the grace of God. So, Father, I just pray that all through the week, these Come words on. echo yeah. in our brains yes, or Lord. echo in 
in our spirits. Yes, Is Lord. there someone that I can show kindness come to? On, come on. So bless Impact come. Church. Bless our team, all those who help us put this together and yes, pull this Lord. off thank on a you, Sunday Father. morning. We thank you for them, Lord, and we bless them in Jesus' name. Love and everybody said, amen. Love you guys a whole bunch. Love you so much. Amen. Bye-bye.